Hi, and welcome to Small Biz MBA. We recently looked at pricing and the importance of strategic pricing within the business. To quickly recap, a key to ensuring the profitability of your business is to not only concentrate on making sales, but to ensure that those sales are made at a price that's right for your business. Undercutting on your price may assist your cash flow in the short term, but it will not grow your business from a solid footing in the long term. So that's how we get money into the business. But equally important is how do we keep money in the business? A problem that we often experience as entrepreneurs is that we run our businesses on a day-to-day -day planning level with an emphasis on our bank accounts rather than the financial information available to us. We therefore sometimes have no real understanding of the true financial standing of our businesses. At the end of the month, after scrambling to pay the bills, when we look at our books, we sometimes find that they do not reflect what we think the position of our business is. We analyze our income statements and our balance sheets, we review our cash flow statements and realize that we've overspent. Then we make plans to change this, but often find ourselves in the same place next month. Why is this? Our intent is there and we know that it's vital to keep an eye on our spending. But still, money seems to elude us and we struggle to build our businesses financially. One of the key issues that we as entrepreneurs tend to overlook is the area of financial management and controls. Financial controls are not just about knowing what you spend. It's also probably more importantly talks to what our policies and processes and systems are around our finances. Now I know that you're rolling your eyes at me. Not this again, I hear you complaining. But let's take a practical example to this. Let's say your company provides coffee for your staff. And let's say that coffee costs 60 Rand per can. Your admin person goes out to buy coffee and it costs 75 Rand per can. Does she buy it? Think about how many of these decisions need to get made on a daily and weekly basis, and how many are taken by your staff as opposed to you. You need to have guidelines in place that govern these and other decisions, because each of these seemingly small decisions add up financially. Also, and maybe more importantly, this is how you get your business to a point where it does not need you to make every decision, and you can start to concentrate on growing your business. Remember, to scale your business, you need to be able to move yourself personally out of as many of the daily decisions as possible without putting your business at risk. So what are the financial areas in particular that we need to look at in terms of controls? The first thing that I would look at is your system. Do you have an internal bookkeeper or accountant? Or do you have someone externally? What sort of system do they use? And resultantly, what information do you therefore get back from them? Remember that every business is different and therefore there is not really a solution that fits every business. Instead, you need to figure out what your needs are and find a best fit solution for that. This can range from, from very basic Excel spreadsheets to sophisticated models that live in the cloud. My advice is to find the simplest system that gives you the key info that you need. The next thing that your business's financial controls need is a set of policies around every aspect of finances. Two of the key policies that you need to develop is your debtors control policy and your creditors control policy. We'll delve into these in detail in future, but I just want to talk about what these are and why they're important. Your debtors control policy governs when and how your clients pay you. 
This includes how long you provide credit for, but should also talk to the administration of the function. For example, who's responsible for sending invoices? Who's responsible for following up? What if someone does not pay you? These are all serious questions that many small businesses do not have answers for. And consequently, many small businesses then struggle with collecting debts from clients. Similarly, your creditor's policy will govern when you pay your company's accounts. I know that in general, small business policy is to pay them when you have the money, as soon as you have the money. But this is not necessarily the best cash flow policy. Again, think about it from the perspective of if you were not doing the payments yourself, what would you want your creditor's clerk to prioritize? Another key financial control element is that of authority. And authority runs across a vast realm of dimensions. So for example, who has authority to make payments for your business? Which payments or types of payments can they make? Then another thing to look at would be the question of line of sight of your financials. Many entrepreneurs are very sensitive about this aspect. And while there is a very real fear that this can cause discomfort and discontentment, I often challenge my entrepreneurs to find a compromise on this. If you expect your employees to take ownership for projects, they need to have sight of the relevant financial information for the project. If people do not have some degree of understanding of the budget around a project, how can they effectively manage it? Remember that authority and accountability go hand in hand. So when you're trusting someone to do something within your business, that creates a responsibility from their side as well. Finally, a key element of financial control is information management. In many ways, this ties into the previous three key elements together. Information management is a fancy way for answering the question, who needs to know what and how will they know? So if we go back to the coffee buying example, if your admin person is being tasked with buying the coffee, she needs to know what the parameters are for the approved price. In other words, what is the control around the price? Who does she need to speak to in order to get approval? In other words, where does the authority for this element lie? And what is her level of authority for this? In other words, what's the flow of information that needs to happen? Given that there is a disconnect, and of course, what is the policy around who gets to make a decision around the office coffee, which we all know is key to a harmonious interaction? Again, this is a simple example. And as your business grows, you clearly will have more complex financial control decisions that need to be made. But at the end of the day, the basic premise is the same. After the break, I speak to a lady with a passion for helping businesses, big and small, create and implement financial policies that work for them. Be sure to join us. Welcome back. I'm joined by Anne Ligman, who will help us work through our financial control matters. Anne, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so let's start right at the beginning. Um, why do small businesses have such an issue with putting financial control measures in place? I think it's uh, the fear 
or the lack of understanding of why it is in place. Okay. Because a lot of uh, small business owners think it takes the control away from them. If they use a professional, for instance, to, 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 to mm. provide a service to them or outsource the service for, for that matter. But it's actually an enforced thing. It's, it's, if, if you will register your company, the first thing CIPEC tells you, CIPEC tells you that you need to have financial controls in place. You need to have financial reporting mm -hmm. in place and there's specific times and there's bodies that governs that for CIPIC and, and, and the government of South Africa. So I think that that's actually a really scary concept for a lot of people because, yes. and I, I think that's why a lot of, um, you know, informal businesses actually resist um, registering the business to begin with. Mm -hmm. But if I think about it from an entrepreneurial growth perspective, yes. right? There are just certain things that you have to do whether you like it or not. Absolutely. If you want to keep tabs on your business profitability, which is mm. the performance of the business, which is reflected in the income statement, there's no way you can do it without a proper financial system in place or a reporting system. Whether it's a, a formal system mm -hmm. or Excel-based system, you have to have that system in place to report on your financials. And also, if you want to run your business in a sustainable fashion, mm -hmm. you should keep an eye on your cash flow as well. And there's no way you can do that outside of a financial system because your bank statement and the balance on your bank statement is not a true reflection of your business financial standing. Okay, let's let's talk about some practical examples of this. Okay, so um, if we're looking at measuring your 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 cash flow, for example, yes. right? How, in a practical sense, does our financial controls help us to measure that? Look, for cash flow, cash flow is a reflection of the movement of cash in and out of your business. It's practically what's on your bank statement mm -hmm. and what's in your box, your petty cash box, the actual cash on hand. If you don't have a system reporting that, your first, uh, your first, uh, uh, um, or your most accessible report is your bank statement. And you, mm -hmm. uh, uh, listeners or viewers should notice their bank statements when they come via postal service. The front page is actually a cash flow statement. But the, the problem with that cash flow statement is that it just reflects money that flow in and out of the bank. And most entrepreneurs actually work with hard cash. They take money in and they put it in a box and they move it in and out of that box. It's very few that keeps all their financial matters within the banking system. So you mm. can't entirely rely on that. So you yeah. need a holistic cash flow management system that covers both sides yeah. of the business, the petty cash in the box and the, the money in the bank account. Yeah. Then you also have your uh, income statement, for instance. Yeah. That your income statement, the statement for, uh, of comprehensive income, is the, uh, the, the revised terms mm -hmm. is according to IFRS, is the tool that measures your business performance. It's where you see what's coming in in terms of sales mm -hmm. and what's going out in ter terms of running your business from a day-to-day -day So your operational both expenditure from a, Both from a cost there. perspective as well as from an expense perspective. Both from a cost and a perspective. So it has basically three elements, yep. or four actually. You have your actual income, which is mm -hmm. your sales income, your revenue. Yep. Then you have other income. Then you have your cost of sales, which is directly linked mm -hmm. to your sales operation. Yep. And then you have your, uh, uh, your operational Expenses, expenditure. The cost of so doing business. The cost of doing business. And then I need to add just 
a fourth element there because taxation is an element that the small business owner constantly overlook, but it's a real <laughs> element and it's an element that is hitting you Absolutely. on a every second month. Yeah. You will be faced with that on your VAT report and annually or when you submit your provisional tax mm -hmm. returns, for instance, it's something that you have to deal with on a six-monthly basis. What I, what I always find with, with small businesses that resist the control aspect mm -hmm. is twofold. The first is their books tend to not be very accurate yes. because... Um, you know that beautiful thing called swiping for yep. everything? Yes. And then we forget what exactly the swipe was for. Absolutely. And it, gets, it, it doesn't get allocated in the right way. Absolutely. And then the second thing that, that happens is there always seems to be a big surprise when it, came, when it comes to, you know, I need to pay my taxes. Yes. And somehow everybody always thinks that SARS is trying to take a lot more than, than they think is due. I really need to just correct that perspective. <laughs> because the, the controls that our government has put in place and the statutory bodies that is managing those controls have no intention to rob you, but to allow you and to put you in a position where you can actually benefit from the mm. tax system so that it's a mutually beneficial relationship. I believe in having a healthy relationship with the statutory bodies that yep. control this country's economy mm -hmm. and with my banks and with my professional service providers because without them, it's impossible for me to keep control over my financials as well. <laughs> I have to consider them constantly. So let's, uh, let's go there then. How do we start building a good relationship with these statutory bodies? Financial reporting. Okay. You have to put a system in place, whether it's Excel-based or whether it's an actual proper financial system. Mm -hmm. Now that's where my specialty is. Pobex specializes in the entrepreneurial space. Yeah. We implement financial systems for the startup entrepreneur, okay. the QSE and the generic, okay. because some of our entrepreneurs at startup hits generic phase within the first five years. So my solutions is very scalable, the systems that mm -hmm. I put in place. However, it's also not an isolated solution. It's not the solution that says accounting or bookkeeping or okay. finance only. It speaks to the business, the entire balance scorecard of the business. So your operational yeah. control is in there, your inventory for instance. If you have inventory, if you mm -hmm. buy and sell mm -hmm. product, you need to have inventory control in place. And that's built into the system, but it speaks to the operational management side of the business. So I want to talk profit for a second. Profit. Okay, I want to talk profit, which is, you know, which is every entrepreneur's favorite word. And one of the things that will drive profit is something that you spoke about, which is saving on your tax. Absolutely. Right? Practical tips. How do, how, do we keep, how do we save on our tax? Look, you, you have two elements of tax. Mm -hmm. You have your IRP6s, which is your provisional tax returns, okay. which is like uh, twice a year. Okay. Then you have your VAT returns. Yeah. Your VAT returns you have to submit bi-monthly. That's uh, the, the standard. So basically every second month. Yeah, every, okay. every second month you okay. have to submit your, your VAT return. Then you have your, your, your annual income tax returns and you have your employee tax returns. Mm -hmm. Because much as we mm -hmm. want to overlook the fact mm -hmm. that labor law is on the employee on his individual capacity, yeah. as a, a business owner, you are responsible for actually collecting that money on behalf of SARS. Yeah. So in terms of that, it's a nice cash flow management tool for me. That's how I promote my cash flow. 
if I take a, a business and I put him on a vet registered system, I make sure that when it comes refund time, it hits that business bank account at the time that they need it most. So you need to have a relationship with your entire business operation in order to understand how that impacts the yeah. So it's the incoming sales and the outgoing, the, 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 the spent on your, on your business to keep your business running. I think, I think as well, um, something that um, I've heard a lot of um, small businesses that run their financial controls really mm -hmm. well talking about is the fact that they actually have a separate bank account for, for, for managing their relationship with SARS. So if I am projecting that this is what I'm going to owe them, rather mm -hmm. take the money out of my bank account so that I'm not tempted to you know, spend it on, on, on other things yes. um, and rather just keep that separate so that my relationship is clean. That's, that's a way of doing it. However, in the initial startup phases, it's not advisable to, to have two different okay. bank accounts. I would say build your relationship with your bank. Okay. And rather make an arrangement with an overdraft, a temporary overdraft facility. Okay. If you're running into a cash flow problem, as opposed to separating your bank activity into two separate. Because the minute you have more than one bank account, it's more than one financial control impact. It's more than one financial mm -hmm. control activity that takes place. And then as a small business or a startup entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you obviously don't have the resources to manage that process. So I'd say in the startup phase, mm -hmm. in the first two, three years, keep it in one bank account. Build okay. a relationship with that bank. Make use of your credit facilities. But in order to make use of that exact same credit facility, you need to have financial controls in place. You need to do financial <laughs> reporting because that's the first thing the bank will ask from you. And, and, and the, one of the things that the bank is going to ask from you is, you know, what are your processes around your finances? Absolutely. Who has authority to do what? Absolutely. Delegation of authority in terms of financial activity is very critical. Mm. It's amazing, actually, that when we start our business, we start it up either with two reasons. Our motives is one of two. It's either, either in South Africa with all the mm -hmm. BEE bus that's <laughs> going on, an opportunity yeah. that I picked up while I'm being employed, yeah. Yeah. and I registered very quickly a, a little business on the side, mm -hmm. or it's passion. Mm -hmm. If it's driven by passion, there's more control there. If it's opportunistic, you will hit a problem. So the question again was, where do you start? Yeah. Where do you start? You start right at registration time. Yeah. When you register your company, SIPI gives you guidelines of what they require from you. So it's not a law, it's not a legal document, but with your company registration, the mm. COR 39, comes strict guidelines on what is the most critical requirements to meet. And those guidelines should be embedded in an agreement between the shareholders or an agreement that the owner himself takes with his business because you don't want your business financial activity to overflow in your personal financial activity. I think that's, that's another thing that a lot of, a lot of um, business owners struggle with, especially at the beginning. But what I also want to talk about just for a second is you spoke about creating an overdraft facility and creating an overdraft facility you know, with your bank so that you have access to cash flow when you need it. Yes. I think that's something really important that a lot of small businesses don't understand is that you need to organize that overdraft facility when you are in good standing. You can't absolutely. organize it when, when you when need, you need the money. No, absolutely not. I always, when I do a business uh, financial, uh, the history take on, and the minute I have the financials in place, the first thing I teach them is cash flow management. I tell them, mm -hmm. keep your bank account healthy. Make sure that nothing bounces because it doesn't impact the business ITC only. It also impacts 
makes the business owner and the key person's ITC, which can cripple your business. So it's very important that you keep a tap on that side of the business so that when you do apply for overdraft mm-hmm. facility or any other facility with the bank, that you have a healthy bank relationship and a healthy bank account. So the bottom line is keep good relationships with all the key stakeholders. Make Absolutely. sure that you have all the all Absolutely. the requirements, both legally and just from a good business perspective in place. Yes. And it should be it should be cake from there. Absolutely. You shouldn't fear that relationship because whether you have that relationship in a business capacity mm-hmm. or in a, p- a personal capacity, it's exactly the same. You know, the FICA rules and the ITC mm-hmm. rules, it's exactly the same for business and, and for, 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 for the individual. The only challenge with entrepreneurship is that inevitably your business imperatives impact your person. And that's where the separation needs to take. You need to learn from the beginning yep. to separate your legal persona from your natural persona, which is really, really hard and challenging for the entrepreneur in South Both Africa. from a legal perspective and from a financial perspective. Yes. And unfortunately, we've run out of time. Uh, this, is, this has been such an important topic for so many of our viewers out there. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Yesh. After the break, I do a wrap-up on the most important aspects of your financial management and control systems. Join me for that. back to Small Biz MBA. We've been talking about financial management and specifically the financial controls within your business. Now, a key element of financial controls is the relationships around your finances. And some of the key people that you need to keep good relationships with, your bank manager, SARS, and your suppliers. Now, when I say suppliers, I'm not just talking about the people that supply your raw materials. I'm also talking about your telephone company, your electricity company, etc. So keep in mind that a business does not just run on who we traditionally regard as suppliers, but everybody involved in your business. I want to look at each of these elements in tiny little detail. The first is your bank manager. Now, one of the things that we spoke about in the interview was the fact that we need to create those relationships and that overdraft while things are good. I always tell my entrepreneurs, go and create as much credit for yourself and for your business while the, the bank manager will give it to you. Because inevitably, when your business actually needs the cash flow, that's when the bank manager is going to say no. A key element in that is, of course, having the right financial controls in place. I often have entrepreneurs who complain to me about the fact that, why do they need to see my debtor's control policy? Let's think about that for a second. If you don't have a debtor's control policy in place, your bank manager does not have confidence that you are going to collect on that money owed to you. And if you're not collecting on the money owed to you, that's not a sale, it's an expense. The bank manager needs to know that that money is actually coming into your bank account in order to service the money that he is going to give you. And of course, he's going to give it to you because we're going to put all these great things in place, right? The next relationship that I want to look at is one that we all fear. It's the relationship with SARS. SARS, believe it or not, are not as bad as businesses make them out to be. All SARS want to do is actually keep you in business because the more small businesses there are, the more tax they're collecting. The more employees there are that are paying their income tax, the more money there is to spend, and therefore the happier we can all be. Now, when I put it like that, SARS doesn't sound so bad, now do they? 
The problem often comes in that we do not understand these systems and we do not understand their policies and we do not understand how to create a good relationship with them. I think that's a really important topic, so I think that we will look at that in detail sometime in the future. Of course, the last relationship that I want to talk about is the one with all of your suppliers. Now, relationships with your suppliers. Again, you need to create these while things are good. And the better you can set the rules up front, the better it's going to be when times are tough. Remember that your suppliers are also in business and the temptation for a lot of small businesses is we support other small businesses. But keep in mind that when we're supporting other small businesses, they're often going through the same issues that we're going through. So they're also having cash flow issues. They're also struggling to get in place all of those policies and processes that we're looking for them to already have in place. So when you're looking for your suppliers, keep a good mix of people that you can lean on when times are tough. Your financial controls will also help you to put this in place because you need to also document what you look for in a supplier, how you're going to pay them, when you're going to pay them, and all of those things that you struggle with within your own business. If you can set the rules, your suppliers will follow the rules that you set. So I know that it's a scary topic, but I know that as entrepreneurs, we're all brave and we're all going to work really hard at this in order to grow our businesses and improve it for the better of not just ourselves, but our employees as well. Thank you for joining me for this week's Small Biz MBA. And be sure to join us next week when we give you some more tips to grow your business.